everyone, and welcome to Heading North. My name is Nick, and I'm joined this week by Megan, my beautiful girlfriend. And we're going to talk all about um, some fall activities, which are leaf peeping, um, hunting out some maple syrup, and a little bit more. Before we dive heavily into this episode, if you like anything here, make sure you go over to www.headingnorthpodcast.com. So as of yesterday, October 1st, we uh, made the trip back up the North Shore, um, as it pertains to the name Heading North, and we... Uh, made it a, a big point to see as much uh, fall foliage as humanly possible. And I would say that we uh, did just that. It was successful. <laughs> it was very successful. So for people in the area of Duluth and Minnesota, uh, you will know uh, names like Lutzen uh, Mountains or uh, Oberg Mountain, which are some of the main areas we were. Um, and some of you more localized individuals may also know uh, the Heartbreak Loop, which is a little bit of a driving trail that we took to see a lot of the foliage that we uh, saw yesterday. So um, today we just kind of want to dive into ultimately, you know, what our experience was and some ideas for you if you want to enjoy your trip and um, some other hints and tips along the way. So overall, what did you feel about what we saw yesterday? Oh my gosh. Um, I, it was beautiful. We saw one of the most gorgeous overlooks I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> um, which was up near Lutzen. It was beautiful, really challenging hike on the way up, but it was short and so worth it for the view. I would say our drive was one of my favorite parts as well because we were driving through basically canopies of trees that are hanging over the road, all kinds of different trees. You have multiple different kinds of colors in the national forest and just being able to enjoy both nature hiking and then also some time in the car viewing the colors for longer and where we were in the superior national forest uh was really neat because it had a lot of aspen and uh as well as uh, white birch so we were getting a lot on top of the different reds and stuff but a lot of these really vibrant uh yellow colors and the two leaf patterns between those two different types of trees so you have the more rounded, smaller leaves on the aspen trees, and then those more ovular shapes with a point on the um, white birch. And just to see that difference in contrast and texture on top of that really vibrant yellow color, I think is really what made that trip, uh, or that part of the trip so beautiful. And I, I will be posting some videos of that drive, some time lapses of that drive on the YouTube page. If you guys want to check that out, just look at, or look up Heading North Podcast on YouTube and you'll, you'll be able to find any of those videos there or this episode if you want to see our faces and not just listen in. So uh, you were talking about the overlook we found. It was actually just north of... Uh, Lutzen Mountain. So if you were to turn left on Lutzen Mountain, if you go north by about, let me say a quarter mile, maybe a little bit more, I would say a quarter mile to a half a mile and you take a left onto Caribou Trail. We remember Caribou Trail because yes. I was right in where we were turning off of from Heart Heartbreak Loop. Okay. Um, and another quarter mile to a half a mile up the trail, you'll see a public water access parking lot on your right hand side. If you park there, the trailhead for this, it, it's about 0.5 in total, so 0.25 mile trek up. It, it is a very steep incline, I think about 200 to yes. 250 feet incline. Yeah. Um, you'll be able to see this overlook. And it overlooks, I want to say, if I had to count off the top of my head, four to five lakes with the big lake being Lake Superior spreading out well off in the distance. Um, it was amazing. It, it was wonderful. There, there was bluffs going into a lot of the lakes and you could see, you know, obviously population, but the, the view there was, I guess without better terms, epic. 
Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely breathtaking. I, I'm a water person, and that's part of the reason that I live in Duluth, because we're on the biggest lake ever. Uh, so that's why I love Lake Superior. And so anytime, poor Nick has to deal with me every time we go on a hike, and I'm like, well, is there a waterfall? Is there a river? Is there water that, why are we going on this hike? Uh, <laughs> that when, when you're doing such a short hike, that was straight uphill. I honestly, I told Nick, I said, just, just bring my ashes up here. Please spread me. This is where I'd like to be laid. <laughs> um, I'll be hiking straight up this incline until I'm a hundred. And even if people tell me I can't anymore, but we overlooked multiple bodies of water. You're looking at different you know, quote unquote, mountains or bluffs along with the big lake. And then adding the fall colors on top of it was incredible. It, it was amazing to see. I would say any time of year to just go to that overlook, to see the overlook would be beautiful. The fact that we added the fall foliage in with it just made it even better. I will also say that in Minnesota, I get used to things being flat a lot of the times. And so when you have an overlook like that and you're reminded like, oh yeah, not everything is flat here. <laughs> there are some sort of peaks and valleys. And that was the other piece of it that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And there are some edited photos on the Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter for Heading North Podcast. Uh, the only one that has a weird name is Heading North Pod for Twitter. But um, you'll really be able to see. And again, I want to make sure you know it's edited because the, the the colors were a lot more vibrant than necessarily we saw, though they were absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it's really something that I I'd recommend checking out and taking a look at those photos if you can't get up north or if you're in an area where you don't have uh, fall per se or the the really the foliage of fall that we see in the northern hemisphere. Uh, you know, when I'm saying places like Oregon, um, in that whole line across to Minnesota, all the way over to New England area. Um, definitely take a look at the pictures. And I, I agree. I, I was thinking we've only seen that overlook during the fall now, but I, I can see myself really enjoying that view in the wintertime yeah. when the lakes are frozen over and there's just snow everywhere. Though, if you aren't an experienced hiker, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that hike in the winter. Um, especially if you don't have the right gear. Uh, if I go back in the winter, yeah, if I go back in the winter, I probably will have crampons or some type of yak track on just to make sure I don't slide and can do it safely. But even spring and in the summertime, I, I think that it would just be an absolutely beautiful view. And it's also a direct shot out towards uh, Lake Superior. So you'll get that nice cool breeze if it is a warmer day in the summer. Yeah. Um, I love that Nick shared for you to be able to go see some of the colors because living in Minnesota my entire life, I forget that other places don't experience all four seasons. Mm -hmm. It's something that makes fall one of my favorite seasons of the year. It's really hard to choose between fall and summer here, but I, I love fall because it is a unique season that not everywhere gets to experience. And I would personally really encourage you to like, if you're somewhere that has fall or you have the ability to go travel somewhere to see fall colors in real life, especially, you know, between the end of September to first two weeks of October, go experience them sometime in your life. They're just, it, it's something that nature provides for us that you wouldn't get to see otherwise. I agree. And a lot of people, especially on the East Coast, uh, and I, I'm speaking from experience, will travel to places like Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine to see the foliage. And a lot of times when you think of those things, that's where you see based off of TV shows like Family Guy making fun of leaf peepers and those and that travel that comes in. But 
moving to the Midwest and moving to Minnesota specifically in Duluth, I highly recommend this area. Not only are you able to see this foliage in this beautiful areas, but you do have those cooler temperatures and you also have things like the Northern Lights that start popping up this time of year. Yesterday, we were looking at a KP index of about five to six, which is very high. Um, I'm not gonna try and get into the science of it because I will mutilate it and look like a, like a knucklehead in doing so, but I've learned what different things mean on the trackers, so I know what to look for, at least numbers-wise. And last night would have been a beautiful night. I mean, even the tail end of last month, I had an experience to be able to see the Northern Lights. So if you come to an area like Minnesota, northern Wisconsin, the upper peninsula of Michigan, even uh, northern parts of South Dakota, where you still get this beautiful foliage and this beautiful fall atmosphere with all the leaves and maple syrup and, and apples and stuff like that, you also have that added benefit of possibly being able to see the Northern Lights. Now, I'm not promising you that you'll be able to see the Northern Lights because as much science as you can get behind it, it could be completely overcast like it was for us yesterday. There, there's, there could be a lot of light pollution depending on where you are. There's a lot of aspects that go into it that might make it so you won't be able to see them even though the science says that you should. So keep that in mind. But I agree, if you have the opportunity, come travel and see one of these areas. And... To take a quick side tangent, if you are traveling in this area, don't just look for hotels and stuff like that. Look for those smaller cabins, those Airbnbs, those VRBOs, or even local listings for cabins or hostels, like a Hungry Hippie Hostel just north of Grand Marais in Minnesota. That way you can keep your costs down and um, still enjoy the area. Also, don't fly into Duluth because it's so much more expensive and the, the airport just necessarily isn't as good as Minneapolis. <laughs> just just my, my thought. So I would say if you're traveling, especially to our area, uh, Duluth specifically and some of the places up here, but I can only speak for our city, is that they did not allow short-term rentals. It was very challenging to get a permit to have a short-term rental for a long time. It seems like they're working on it more now and maybe allowing a few more, but it was something that wasn't really a thing here. And so there aren't as many Airbnbs, VRBO, uh, you have a lot of hotels. And that means up north, when you when you head up the shore, when you're going into Tofty, into Lutzen, uh, especially Grand Marais. I know Grand Marais has a really shortage of places both for local people to live, but also for people to stay and visit. So you have to do some research and be able to find somewhere. And that might mean they're not on the internet. I know that sounds crazy, but some of those places aren't, or it's a group that owns it and they're not on one of those listing sites. They're on a private site. So you need to search them separately mm -hmm. um, and speak to maybe some locals or, or find a way to to find some of those more unique places. It, it's true. Uh, I had a coworker yesterday who was up in the area and was asking me about the cost of hotels in Duluth. And I had, to, and he was asking why you couldn't find like an Airbnb or VRBO. And it's, it's simply because the city itself was trying to avoid, I think, losing a lot of its um, homesteads and home, home areas to uh, people who are just using short-term rental or for short-term rental use and, and taking away from what the population here is able to use for housing. Um, so it's definitely a tough thing and something to kind of really pay attention to. Uh, I think things are moving forward in a great way where that's changing, but it, it's definitely something to think about. Um, and like you said, it, it's not as, it, it seems like an oddity where uh, up north you wouldn't find things necessarily on Google, but the reality of the matter is, is the North Shore is very wild. 
the people there like their small communities and and to be kind of away from the beaten trail. So it's it's something that's growing, but definitely something you have to kind of look into a little bit, a little bit harder than you would in most other areas. And I would say too, I know so many people who live in, you know, this, the Twin Cities and the greater area who sometimes never make it up north to where we live, Duluth, which is not far. Mm -hmm. uh, but many people never make it past Duluth. So if you are a listener who lives in that area or you come to visit Minnesota and you're like, we're going to travel to Duluth, we want you to come here. We love it here. <laughs> it's a tourist mm -hmm. city. Oh, yeah. That's why we live here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but if you can make it further up the shore, especially for those of you who live in the Twin Cities, if you can make it past Duluth, your experience of what you see here is so much different than what's just here in Duluth, right? Exactly. And we say that all the time. It's why we love traveling up the shore just a little bit further for us uh, to be able to experience that more really small town wilderness, uh, rustic areas, but there is some luxury if that's what you need to. <laughs> and yeah, so our second largest listener base is actually out of uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul, the Twin Cities. Uh, the first of which being Duluth, third of which being Ontario, Canada. Thank you to all of you wonderful listeners. Uh, you have made this so much fun and make make us come back every week. But um, I, I, I'm down in the cities a lot, down in the Twin Cities. And again, that is St. Paul, Minneapolis for the listeners around the world, if you aren't aware of what I mean by Twin Cities or what we mean by Twin Cities, who come to Duluth and say that we're going north. We're going to the north. This is the gateway to the north. Mm -hmm. Duluth is a city intertwined in nature. It is a city that is a part of the greater Superior National Forest. And the north here, this is just the start. Don't stop here. And going into what you're saying, luxury, there's a lot of great restaurants up north. There's a lot of great shops, a lot of gift shops, some really awesome candy shops along the way, some bookstores, music venues, bars, restaurants. Just because you're out in the wild and you're in the north, this isn't like being in the middle of the woods of the Upper Peninsula where there's the closest thing is 50 miles away. Up the North Shore on the Scenic 61 or just Highway 61, there's a lot to offer. You have restaurants like the New Scenic, uh, restaurants like uh, Cove Point or one of our frequent flyers, Coho, which if you are a listener up there, gentlemen, who is the best server ever, thank you so much for all of the times that we've visited. Um, and then Grand Marais has places like Hungry, Hungry Hippie, Angry Trout, Fisherman's Daughter. I could go on and on. They have a pizza place there, but I'm from New England, so they're not as good as what I, I, I expect. Um, so there is a lot of uh, great creature comforts, a lot of great things to do. And I, I've already listed off way too many of the, the restaurants. So I'm not going to go too much into shops. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place to go and a great experience. If you have the opportunity to get up here, I think that if you're going to a place like Oberg mountain, which was our first stop of the day, be very aware that if you are making the choice to travel to Oberg mountain, so is everyone else. I, I can tell you right now, I can, I'm going to go up there in the winter and hike it. I can go there middle of summer and hike it. You aren't going to have as many people as you are on this uh, weekend like this, the first weekend of October or the second weekend of October, which is peak season to go up and peak on all of the um, fall foliage. I like that peaking on the on the <laughs> peak of fall foliage. But you're going to be there with over 100 other cars. And these aren't trailheads and parking lots that are really set up to support that much. So and we were talking about that. So we happen to... Uh sleep in later than we usually do. Nick and I are early risers, him more than me. We ended up 
having a later start to our morning and it just so happened that we got to the trailhead about lunchtime and I am poor Nick has to deal with me in parking I'm like just go to the front I bet people are leaving <laughs> and sure enough they did so we parked right next to trailhead but many people were headed out for lunch and then by the time we got off the trail about an hour and a half later it was about 12 45 once we got down because we, we took time to take photos and, and really enjoy the view there were so many people it was just an absolute disaster and so if that's somebody's experience and they're like they're you know wow you know this hiking area these people aren't or the they're not ready for this or made for this it's like no we're not because they're we're used to five or six cars coming up there to hike this is one peak weekend a year or two weekends a year where there's that many people. Somewhere like Oberg Mountain is a pretty mild to moderate hike, I would say. There are some challenging spots, but it's under three miles. A lot of people can do it. So that's why it's a choice for people. There's gorgeous overlooks. You get all the colors. You're a little bit away from the lakes. You get those beautiful colors. And it's a hike that a lot of people can do and a lot of people know about. And so just know what to expect when you're coming up here to see fall colors know that you're going to be parking in weird places having a hard time getting out of those parking spots being patient and kind to everyone around you because you're all there to enjoy the same thing which is a hike nature seeing the colors we have a collective reason to be here and not treat each other rudely when we're parking and leaving so I agree. And I think the last piece of advice I, I'm going to give on today's episode is a similar advice that I used to give to uh, people planning to travel to Disney and on five minute podcast, my previous podcast about Disney is when you are making a choice to go on one of these peak days, pack your patience and plan ahead. Because there's nothing that says you can't get there, find a parking spot or wait for a parking spot and have a snack, have your lunch. Um, but also like when I say pack your patience, understand it's going to take a little bit longer. It's not going to be as easy as pulling in and being one of those five cars and parking to take the hike. You're going to be there a while, but I can promise you one thing. It's worth it. And there are things that we don't always have to plan ahead for. You're not wrong. So <laughs> we talked about a uh, drive a little bit earlier in the episode and that was heartbreak. Uh, is it heartbreak Ridge or heartbreak loop? Heartbreak drive. Heartbreak break drive. Yeah. Okay. So this was something that was just kind of on a list that we had found for uh, things to do in the North Shore for fall. And where we went on, we we, atta we attacked it kind of from the southern side of that loop and went up Sawbill, which is right in Tofty, right next, right before you get to the Tofty General Store on the left-hand side. And we took that all the way down until we got into the Superior National Forest area where the, the forest roads were. And that's where you could take a right onto Heartbreak Trail. I think it is Heartbreak Trail. That's fine. Um, so if you Google it, it's very easy to find uh, online. But it's, I want to say, about a five to six mile dirt road that takes you through this beautiful area. But as you're coming out and getting closer to the Caribou Trail side of things, there's a beautiful little sign for a local maple syrup shop. And when I say local and beautiful, I mean... It is a set of buildings that was moved uh, in the 90s, originally planted or built, I should say, in a different county uh, in the 1800s. So these are just beautiful old cabin buildings, one of which I believe the owners thought was some type of Forrester's uh, cabin or lodge. A CCC lodge. Oh, a yes. CCC lodge. That's even better. And that's the Conservation Corps. Yeah. 
the Conservation Corps Lodge that one of the individuals used and then later used as just a, a shack for hunters to uh, bunk in for the night. And they moved it there and filled it with maple syrup. And I think he said it's 158 acres, some of which being leased from the Superior National Forest of maple tree lines that all culminate down to one sugar house on the lower portion of their property. And then they sell and I believe live in those buildings that had been moved from a different area from the 1800s. So I think with that, really, we can say just if you see a sign or you see something, don't just go off a plan. So that's something that I, I've always appreciated about Nick and love about our adventures together is that, you know, we have a plan for the day. Oberg Mountain, the hike we did, has been on my bucket list to see in the fall for years. And we've been waiting to do this hike for this peak weekend. And last year it was Bean and Bear Lakes, which was a more challenging hike that we brought my son on with us. And then I had found our little pamphlet printout. I'm like, well, let's go for a drive too. Why not? Let's just spend the day up near the mount, up near Lutzen Mountain, and then we'll kind of go from there. And so as we're driving through the woods, just to like see these trees stopping and taking pictures, because we're those kinds of people. And for all of you, you're welcome. Uh, all of a sudden we see the sign for maple syrup and we were like, well, let's go. Like, this is so cute. This is so fun. This wasn't in our plan. And it was some of the cutest pictures we got from the day, a fun experience for us. We may have picked up some Christmas presents and... <laughs> and presents for ourselves. Yes. Not, not Christmas-based, but just like for now, for us yeah. to have some what people think of when they think of fall, right? You think of fall colors, you think of maple syrup, you think of being out in the woods. And like, we got to experience all of that and some of it wasn't planned and you just have to go with the flow like you have a time frame of when you want to get going and get home but i think when you have something so planned out all the time you miss the beauty in experiencing life experiencing that extra hike that we didn't know about like we felt we were in the mood to do another hike hey i don't feel like doing another three mile hike i see there's one that's about a mile Let's try that one. And it ended up being the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's where this cute little maple syrup place comes in. So I think that it's just an important thing to remember that, yes, we have to have a plan. We have to be prepared. You know, we have snacks. We have our hiking boots, our rain jackets. It got chilly. There's there's a sense of planning we have to have. There's also a piece where you have to be like, Let's go experience life and go adventure to this place that we wouldn't go to otherwise. Mm -hmm. And to break my normal uh, conversation about leave no trace and not going off trail, when you are exploring and experiencing new places, go off the beaten path. It's just, it's the easiest way to experience what that area really has to offer. But all of that being said, guys, I'd like to really thank you again for listening in to uh, Heading North Podcast. All of you listeners make it so much fun for us to do what we do. And if you want to see anything um, of that we're talking about, there's going to be photos getting posted on my personal page as well as the uh, podcast pages. But before we say that, uh, I think you're probably going to have lots of posts to share as well. Is there anywhere we can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. My username is Megan S. Brass, or you can just search my name, Megan Brass, and I should pop up. And I'm sure you'll recognize Nick. He's in lots of my pictures. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And as far as the show is concerned, make sure you look up Heading North Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, or you can look up Heading North Pod on Twitter. 
Uh, there's going to be lots of videos that I'll be posting over the next little bit of time. Just finished uploading those uh, about an hour or two ago. Going to spend the week probably editing, making sure everything looks good. So you can also check out Heading North Podcast on YouTube and uh, see those there. Or you can find it all in one place by going to headingnorthpodcast.com. If you guys want to support what it is we do here and really make this show keep growing and get better, you can always support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash Heading North Podcast. Or you can go over to headingnorthpodcast.com forward slash shop and pick up one of our pieces of awesome show merch between shirts, mugs. There's a new tote bag on there. There's also a few t-shirts that go directly to the conservation projects that we support, like the Spirit Hiking Trail, the Boundary Waters Association, which handles all the boundary waters up in northern Minnesota on the Canadian border, and a few other places like that. So you can check that out. And to really support what it is we do here, make sure you rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you.